Ladies and gentlemen, financial freedom seekers and savvy investors, welcome back to another electrifying episode of the Contributors Podcast. I'm your host, Viktor Gichan, and today we have a true financial trailblazer here on the show. He is not your typical financial advisor, or no. He is the cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor, the driving force behind the Money Ripples YouTube channel. Get ready because Because in this exclusive interview, we are going to deep dive into the unconventional strategies that have helped countless individuals break free from shackles of traditional financial advice. And you don't want to miss what Chris has to share because believe me, it's a game changer. But hold on to your hats because there is an irresistible twist at the end of this interview. Chris has a mind-blowing revelation that could literally reshape your entire financial future. So stay tuned until the very end. Now let's begin. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Victor. Hey, Chris, you've been dubbed as an anti-financial advisor. Tell us what the wildest financial myth you ever busted. <laughs> yeah. So what it means is pretty much I used to be a financial advisor, but I've since left that because I realized it doesn't work. And after several years, my dad reached out to me and said, Chris, when, you, when are you going to become my financial advisor? So I sat down with him and he said, Chris, Y2K was not friendly to my, my 401 my retirement portfolio. So what can I do? And I looked at his numbers and everything. And this guy, he paid off all of his debt. He was saving his money just like Dave Ramsey would teach you to do, right? Even though he was doing it before Dave Ramsey was, he was doing all the right things. And then when I looked at his money, I said, dad, you're 61 years old. If you want to retire today, you better hope you die in five years because that's how long it's going to be before you run out of money. And he's, and he's like, well, I don't want that. You know, I give me something else. I said, I don't know. You did everything right. You know, anything else I put you in could be is probably stock market based, but I can't guarantee it's going to work out. Good thing I didn't do that because the recession hit just a few years later. And so I was perplexed, right? I didn't know what to do because remember, I taught people that this was the dream that you save everything, you spend nothing, you save it forever. And hopefully someday you have something. But I saw my future because I was, even though I said I would follow a different path than my dad, I was following in the same path as him. I was accumulating money in my mutual funds and retirement accounts, hoping I could retire someday. And he was living proof that it doesn't work. And so I had a choice. Either I stay in the financial industry and just keep selling, right? And make money on my business or I get out. And I chose the latter. I said, I got to keep my integrity intact. I can't sell something that I don't believe in, especially if I know it doesn't work because I, I wasn't just him. It was many, many clients of mine and other people's clients. I couldn't find somebody who was a successful example that made their money in, in the actual mutual funds, nor could I find anybody that's a financial advisor that could be financially free, not because of the, not because of the commissions they're earning, but actually living on those mutual fund investments. And so that's what got me out. I eventually left, vowed never to do it again, but it got me on a journey. And that's where I found some friends and people that were doing real estate investing. I started going down that path. And later that year, when I was 28, almost 29 years old, I myself was able to be financially free where I had enough passive income coming in to pay for my monthly bills. And that's when I realized, holy cow, there's something here. This is incredible. This is not what I expected. And, uh, and that's where I've kind of, since then, people always ask me, how did you do it? 
So that's why I kind of became the anti-financial advisor. So what you're saying, the biggest financial myth is the putting money into mutual funds. Exactly. The myth is put money in mutual funds, set it and forget it, as you hear many people say, right? Uh, pay off all your debt. And if you do all that, you'll be free. And it's just not true. I see. Yeah, that's true. I, I learned hard way myself, but fortunately, I'm not in retirement age yet. So I realized it early a little bit. That's really cool advice. Thank you. I watched one of your videos called Breaking These Three Habits Will Make You Rich. Could you share with our viewers what three habits they should develop to get rich? Yeah, I, I give three main pieces of advice is get lean, get liquid and get out, right? So get lean means, for example, I don't want you just to live on rice and beans like a Dave Ramsey would teach you to do, right? Um, get lean means that if there's expenses that you're paying for that aren't making your life better, get rid of them, right? It's like, for example, if you have that gym membership that you're never using, get rid of it. You can always get it back someday, but don't keep paying for something just because you want to do it, right? Watch out for those subscriptions. Watch out for eating out excessively, right? Maybe you eat out just too much. I had one client where she was literally spending $5,600 a month just eating out. And by the way, this is pre-inflation. This is pre all the inflation we've had. Over, this is just 10 years ago. So 5,600 just eating out, not including over $1,000 a month with groceries for a family of five. That was it. And, uh, and I said, listen, all we have to do is let's just cut back your spending and your eating out to just a thousand a month, which for a lot of people, a thousand a month is incredible for eating out budget. But I, I didn't want to rip the bandaid off as, you know, I want her to do it in degrees to get used to it. And then she can adjust it later on. She did it. And not only did she do that, she even saves money on her grocery bills at the same time. We saved her some money in taxes. And the next thing you know, she's saving $70,000 a year Whoa. from just, you know, really tracking her money and managing that. So that's what I mean by get lean is start tracking your money, at least if not on a weekly basis, at least every two weeks, track it using tools. You can use like Mint. Mint is a great tool you can use. There's you know other types of, uh, you, know, you could just use a simple spreadsheet, whatever it takes for you to watch your money, do uh -huh. that. You said the Mint, what what is Mint? What does it do? Mint is, is it is actual, it's an app or it's a website site mint.com um, very much like QuickBooks if you ever seen QuickBooks it's made by the same company but it's more for personal finance oh. so you can actually connect it to your bank accounts and all the the transactions will download and the cool thing is it'll start categorizing it for you so you know if you try to do it manually you know you're you're trying to add up all the times you go to the gas station you add up all the times that you're going to you know uh, go to the grocery store for this or that right and you're having to use a calculator and add it all up well here you can actually get it to train it to remove remember what those expenses are. So it automatically will put it into groceries or into gasoline or into utilities or whatever might be food or whatnot, what right? They'll put it in those different places and add it all up for you. So you can actually track your money without having to go in and do every little line item. It helps do it for you. That's cool. So you can see, you see the visually on what categories you spend your money, let's say shopping, uh, food, whatever. So you can see, oh, okay, I spent for like, I know, five grand on this. I need yeah. to reduce this. I see. This is cool. Yes. You see okay. it very visually like a dashboard, right? So it's very nice. You can even see the income compared to your expenses. So you can see how much is coming in, how much is going out. Great, easy tool to use once you get it set up. Okay, first is get lean. What is the second? Get liquid. Uh, get liquid is doing the opposite of what you've always been taught. You're taught to put your money in prison. For example, you're taught to pay off your house, right? Now, in the meantime, they'll even say put extra payments towards your house. Realize that almost all of your financial education doesn't come from financial experts or investors. Your financial education comes from banks and financial institutions. Well, why would the 
bank tell you to pay off your loan faster because it puts them at less risk, right? Because if you pay down your mortgage and get more equity and you happen to get laid off and you don't have enough money to keep making those payments, if you have a lot of equity in that house, guess who's gonna be the first person knocking on your door to take your house away? The bank, right? They love it when you pay off your house. The, the people that they don't wanna knock on their door are the ones that have the, the mortgage that's pretty high, right? Compared to the, the value. They're gonna try to work with you more. They try to be more flexible with you versus if you have all, you know, say 500,000 of equity in your house, and it's almost paid off. They'll say, you know what? We're not even gonna mess with you. You're late. We're just going to take the house. And that's what they'll do. So they tell you to lock up your money in equity because the banks want to take as little risk as possible. So they say, I'm going to take your money. Um, they also tell you to throw your money into mutual funds or into IRAs and 401ks and retirement accounts where they lock it up. And then if you want to touch your own money, they not only tax you, but they slap you with a 10% penalty. Right. I mean, how ridiculous is that? They penalize you for touching your own money. Everything is about putting your money in prison. So get liquid means let's not put extra payments onto our mortgage. I'm not saying you don't pay it down or pay it off eventually, but don't pay extra towards it where the money's out of your life and no longer in your control. Get the money back in your control. Same thing. Don't lock it up in 401ks and IRAs because those places they lock it up. And a lot of times you make lackluster returns with a lot of risk. So keep that money in, in cash. And then, of course, the natural question people always ask is, well, now I've got liquid, Chris, and I've got this cash. Well, what do I do with it? That's where you get it out. The get out, that third point means let's get it out into investments that actually pay you passive income meaning that you don't have to work hard for it. You're not, it's not like the passive income people will lie about where they'll say, hey, you can go do a real estate business, but it's really just a business that you have to manage and control part-time or even full-time. That's a lie. That's not passive, right? I'm not talking about buying that Amazon store, which is anything but passive, right? That's very much work. It's a business. Passive investments means you have your money working harder for you, so you don't have to work so hard for it. That could be like putting your money into things that could be real estate. But for example, don't buy the real estate property in your backyard where you're dealing with the tenants, the toilets, and the trash. Instead, you might buy a property, have somebody else property manage it for you, and it could be somewhere across the the country where you're not even at. In fact, mo all my properties are not in my own state that I live in. I have all my properties out in the Southeast of the United States because there's better, better rent compared to the prices out there. I make more cash flow, but I have somebody else managing the property and I still make more money than if I bought it in my backyard. So things like that or lending out your money to investors. You can lend your money to investors like the bank does, but you could charge a higher interest, sometimes as high as 10, 12, 15%. So there's, and not to mention there's things like oil and gas. There's, there's so many different ways you can, strategy you can use to be able to make more passive income now versus set it for get it in a retirement account that may or may not work down the road. So yeah, you touch interesting topic. So you have properties, which is not where you live. And for me, always it was a hassle because I need to find somebody who I can trust, who yes. can manage my properties and without ripping me off. How do you do that? Do you have like a partner who has a meat in the game or so, so you not got ripped off, you know, this is the biggest problem because they will find if you, if this person is sneaky, they will find like a water heater broken twice a month so and other things and you will be paying 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 and you will not be making any money you know what i mean so how did you find who is this like magical? yeah you can find a partner individually right in a certain area that might know the area but um an easy way to do it is you can find what are called turnkey real estate companies uh, turnkey real estate companies are companies that actually find the properties for you. So they already have a list of properties that they have, including the actual projections based on their rent. So they can even tell you based on current mortgage rates, if you get a mortgage on it, here's how much cash flow you're going to make on this property before you even buy it. So they help you find the properties. They help you even get the financing. If you need a help finding a bank, they'll help you do that. And then they'll even property manage it for you. 
So it's yeah, sometimes it's one-stop shop. Some companies will refer you to another property manager if they outsource it, but um, they help set everything up for you. You just have to buy it. That's the hardest job you have. You buy it. And then after that, you're really just managing the property managers. So I, in your video called The Entrepreneur Trap, you're saying, quote, taking all your profits from your business and reinvesting in your business be the worst thing you can do. I heard from many successful entrepreneurs, including the world most popular, YouTuber Mr. Beast, who reinvests all his money in new videos. Quite opposite opinion. Could you explain why reinvesting in your business is the worst thing to do? Yeah, so it's not about either or, right? It's about doing both. Because I completely believe that your number one investment is your business if you're a business owner. You should be reinvesting your business. But here's where the trap happens. And this happens, and Mr. Beast, he's young. He's If he hasn't figured it out already, he will figure it out soon enough. And remember, his business model is a little bit different than most people's too. But when you put your money into your business, right? If you're always quote unquote reinvesting all of your profits, you know what that means? It means you're not profitable. You know, it means you're spending money in your business. Um, a great book to read if you want to learn more about this is called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. It's it's like an entrepreneur must read if you're going to read about how to manage money in business. And I remember him saying this even personally when I was with, you know, with him like face to face. He said like, listen, if you always reinvest your money in your business, you're not profitable. You need to take out some profits. You need to take that out. The problem I see many entrepreneurs get tra- trapped in is that they'll often become the lowest paid employee, right? They'll, I actually remember one woman, she said, man, Chris, like we're having our biggest year yet. We made $600,000, but unfortunately my $40,000 a year assistant is making more money than I am. What? And yeah, because she has employees, right? So yeah, they're, they're building and growing their business, but she was quote unquote, always reinvesting her money back in to keep growing the business. And in the beginning, that is necessary to, I would say, invest 90% plus your profits in the in the beginning. But as you start to mature, as you're, as you start to get into a better stable phase of your business, increase that profit you bring home, because the best thing you could start doing is taking more of that profit and using that to invest, to create multiple streams of passive income outside of your business. Right. What did 2020 teach us? 2020 taught us that the government at any time can say, you know what? We're shutting you down because you're quote unquote non-essential, right? We're going to shut you down. You got to shut down your operations. I saw so many business owners freaking out because they're saying, wait, what do I do? Because if you strip away their business, they've got nothing. They're broke as anybody else who got laid off from their job. And remember, you probably got into business because you wanted freedom. You wanted that control of your own time, your own destiny like, like I did, right? But if you're constantly a slave to your own business, meaning that the only income source you have is your own business, you are trapped. You are in just a, you might, you might think you're not in the rat race, but you're just in a bigger rat race than the W2 employee because you can't get out. You just created a job for yourself. You need profits to ensure that you always have money coming in and then take those profits and use that to invest. So you have multiple streams of income. So when you work in your business, you show up with power and confidence, knowing you work because you want to, not because you have to, you don't need to take that money out of the company. If something goes wrong, something goes crazy, you're okay. That's one big mistake I see so many entrepreneurs make. And that's why some will even go out of businesses when we have recessions and downturns in the economy. Totally makes sense. Yeah, because otherwise you just put all eggs in one basket and whatever happens, you don't have any other stream of income. This is you can be completely ruined. Wow, that's really cool. 
Interesting. Thank you, Chris. Every real estate investor knows that the biggest difference between buying land versus buying a piece of real estate is that you can't rent land for passive income. Nevertheless, you recorded a video called Passive Income Through Raw Land. How mm -hmm. in the world you can generate passive income through raw land? Well, you can rent anything. <laughs> That's the you good news. You can rent land for what? For goats? To eat the grass. Well, you know, here's here's what you can do. I mean, there, there's different ways to do it. Um, let me give you an example of a partnership that I'm in. So again, I'm a passive investor. I have a partnership where I get 70% of the profits because I finance everything while they get 30 for doing all the work. They're actually buying and selling raw land. So they buy raw land at a discount and then they turn around and sell it at retail price to others. It could be another investor. It could be a developer. It could be someone like uh, someone who just wants land, uh, especially after 2020. People wanted more land for a homestead or a place to escape to, or even just recreational land where you just want to go and shoot guns or ride your, your ATVs or whatever it might be, right? Like you, there's so many people that want land nowadays. So if you can buy those parcels of land at cheaper costs, sell it. Now you could sell it for, for just a simple price or what you can do to sell it more easily. Instead of selling that land, say for like $15,000, what if you put a five-year loan on it at like 8% or something like that? And then you start, you become the bank. You become like the mortgage company where you now charge them interest and have them make a couple hundred dollar a month payment to you. Oh, That's how you can actually cash flow raw land is you can what they call seller finance which means you as, a, as the owner, you sell it to somebody, they own it just like you would buying it from a bank, but they have to pay you the mortgage payments. And then when they pay it off, it's paid off, it's theirs. So you can cash flow raw land. And, and I take a lot of that cash flow and then reinvest that money. So I do reinvest, right? Some of those, some of the profits use that to go and buy more land to do the same thing. And so like, for example, I mean, I invested about 150 grand about a year and a half ago. That's now cash flowing me $7,500 a month of those Whoa. payments coming in. So it's, you can definitely do it. So because you sold it and like a, you like a bank, right? You lend money. Yep, That's exactly. Interesting. Wow, live and learn. This is a revelation for me because I always was like, okay, if I buy a land, I'm going to pay property tax. How I'm going to monetize it. Awesome. Right. Wow. On your YouTube channel, you interview a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Uh, so mm -hmm. what's the most important financial lesson you've learned? Never give up and never lose hope. I think that's the biggest thing. Now, it, it doesn't mean that you don't just keep making something work that just doesn't work anymore. I'm not saying that. By saying don't give up on yourself and do, don't lose hope in yourself, right? Like really keep moving forward. There have been so many times I've wanted to quit my business, right? I've wanted to quit Money Ripples because, you know, there's emotions that get involved, right? You start thinking, well, does anybody even care? You know, this just feels like an uphill battle. I have that feeling, by the way, almost every summer I've noticed, like late summer, I'm at the point where I'm thinking, does anybody really care? And then usually around September, October, if I push through that, then all of a sudden things boom and things get better, right? And uh, and maybe it's just because sometimes there's a lull in the summer or at least a certain month that might be that way. But, you know, I'll tell you, like it's as an entrepreneur, the biggest thing is just trusting in yourself and just keep delivering value. If there was any advice I would give for money and for business is that dollars follow value. Find out how you can create the maximum amount of value you can for the maximum amount of people. That is the easiest key to success in any business and any person's financial life is find ways to keep serving people, solving problems and adding value in a way that comes back. Um, just today, in fact, I did a post on social media where I talked about, about, you know, about some people in the industry will tell you don't give away value, right? Like don't give away the how to, you know, just tell them the what and the why, right? So don't, don't tell them how you did it. But the truth is you can go Google or go YouTube and look up how to for anything. That's not why they hire you. They hire you because it's not about the how to, it's about how you can get them to do the how to and
and get them across the finish line? How can you help them actually implement it and do it? And so even with my business, and and by the way, if you're going to do the how-to, you better make sure you're the best at it too. If you're not the best, go refer to somebody else and get a kickback commission, right? Get a referral fee or an affiliate commission or something like that. But if you're the best in your industry, go and be the best, show them the value, show, prove it to them how you'll give them value and then go do it, right? And I'm not saying you give away the farm. Like for example, when I talk about passive income, right? Because as my shirt says, I love passive income. <laughs> when I talk about passive income, like we'll actually show them how much passive income they could create in the next 12 months. So if I see somebody has like $200,000, I know even a conservative 10% return with these investments, we can make them 20,000 a year. It's pretty easy to calculate. And so we'll tell them, yeah, we can do 20,000. We know we could probably have them do more, but we want to stay low baseline just to not overpromise anything. We know we can deliver on that. Now to tell them which investment to do, that just really depends on them because we're not investment advisors. We help connect them with deals like those turnkey companies. We have our own preferred turnkey companies that we like to use or I like to use personally. Um, I've got other people in the lending space and even oil and gas and things like that. We have all kinds of options, but we have to, that's the part that we have to walk through with them to get them across the finish line, right? Is figure out and help bounce ideas with them to figure out what's going to be the best investments they want to do. So that's, that's how you do it. I see. Yeah. So never give up and always deliver value to the biggest things you learned. Wonderful. I made a lot of financial mistakes when I was younger, but the biggest one was was not starting investing early enough. I remember how much money I spent waste. It's just really painful. So what is the biggest financial mistake you ever made and how much that mistake cost you? <laughs> yeah, the best, the big, the biggest financial mistake ever made that cost me the most, in fact, it cost me over a million dollars of loss was putting my money in prison. You remember how I talked about getting liquid and getting your money out of prison? Uh -huh. I did the opposite before the last recession. So as I mentioned, I got myself out of the rat race, right? I had enough passive income to retire when I was 28 years old. Well, at that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to live the high life. I had more money coming in than ever. I spent more money. I, you know, I bought a new house and everything. But at the same time, I also started putting money, extra money into the equity of my house. So I started paying it down. Why? Because I was a mortgage broker at that time. I said, you know what? If I ever want to get money out of my house, I'll just refinance and get it out. And then I also, you know, locked my money up in other things like certain business ventures and things like that. So I locked my money away into equity, into things that weren't liquid. And then of course, when the recession hit, I wanted to get the money out, but the banks wouldn't let me get it out. They oh. said, sorry. You know, I remember September, 2007, they said, we don't do cash out refinances anymore. And that's before Lehman Brothers and everything. That's just when it was starting. And I thought, wait, I've got equity in this house. There's plenty of equity. Just give it to me. And they said, no, we can't. Sorry. And that's, and then of course it was just a year later, we started seeing everything tank. And then it was just 2009 when all of a sudden I get a knock on my door and the guy said, Hey, I was just at the courthouse. I just bought your house for half the price. Uh, wow. When can you get out of it? And, uh, and I was, and it was right there. I was being foreclosed on. You know, I didn't realize I was foreclosed on because I was trying to work with the bank who was owned by Lehman Brothers, by the way, and they wouldn't let me sell the house. So instead they let me take a bigger loss by foreclosing on it. You just, you just never ever want to be in that place. So that's why I'm big about being liquid. That's, that's why I like having good cash reserves. That's why I like to make sure that I can get my money out of investments if I can, just, just in case something like that might occur again. I see. So, so the, the biggest advice, never pay your house off prematurely before it's actually like the, your mortgage contract is over. Just pay monthly. And the idea is to pay monthly because you deduct from taxes. I don't know why people even do that. Probably they don't want to be under stress, you know, like they're not sure about the future, if they will be able to pay in the future, right? Maybe this is why people, this is why probably you pay, you have some cash, you think, okay, I will pay, I will, have, will be less at risk if I pay my house off, right? But this right. is not the case. Wow. Well, people hate payments, don't they? 
But think of this. Imagine that your house is a $500,000 house and you pay $2,500 a month. Now you could, if you had $500,000, you could pay it off and save that $2,500 a month. Well, not including taxes and insurance. But what if that same $500,000 instead created $5,000 a month? So you pay $2,500, but you make $5,000. Now your house has just made you $2,500 a month more than the payment. So you got your payment covered and you got extra cash too. That's something that most people just don't realize they can do. Right, right. That's true. Awesome. Awesome advice. Before we move to an irresistible question with the twist, if you found this interview helpful, give it thumb up and share with your friends. They will thank you later. And now is the time for an irresistible twist we have been waiting for, an unconventional question we promised. Chris, you ready for unconventional question? Let's do it. There is no such a thing as a getting rich quick, right? But if you want to build wealth quickly, what's the best way to get rich quick? (laughs) (laughs) The best way to do it, and you're right, there is no get rich quick, in my opinion. You want to build wealth quickly, do do these two things. One is find ways to increase your income by adding value, like I mentioned earlier, right? Keep focused on that. Many people focus on trying to reduce expenses. That's not the key to freedom. You can't, you know, get cheap on your way to wealth. It's find ways to build your income up so you have more to use and then use that cash like that profit to then invest and create passive income coming in. Just like I mentioned, you know, if you get that equity out of your house to then actually pay for your home and then some, you'll build wealth way more quickly doing it that by buying, not just investing it in the stock market, not blowing in that money in there, but buying real assets. You buy real assets, they appreciate with appreciation. You make more, you build wealth faster and more safely than you ever will gambling in the stock market. I see. So we'll find any way for us to increase your value and any equity you have tried Try to get it and invest instead of putting it into the prison. This is the best, fastest way to get rich quicker by using your own resources and your own money. Wonderful advice. Thank you, Chris. I told you, folks, this is going to be a roller coaster of a conversation. And now wrap up this mind-blowing interview. I want to extend a colossal thank you to Chris Miles for dropping gems that will surely make a splash in your financial journey. Before we say goodbye, my friends, let's give Chris a virtual round of applause and show some love in the comments. Don't forget to hit that thumb up button and hit that subscribe bell. And if you have more questions, you can visit the Chris's uh, YouTube channel. The link will be provided in the description below. Thank you, Chris, for your time today and sharing your anti-financial wisdom. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. And before you go, make sure to check the link, guys. Don't forget, okay? It's a great resource for anyone who wants to learn more about cash flow, financial freedom. Chris has a lot of videos on his channel. And be sure to give this video a thumb up and subscribe if you enjoy it. Thanks for watching. Stay healthy, stay wealthy, stay tuned.